Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Sheree Adams is a teacher, director, producer, and dramaturge. She is passionate about writers and helping them to develop their work. Her goal was to provide writers with a safe and nurturing environment in which to read and workshop their work. Welcome to this episode of Poetic Resurrection. Today, I am so honored to have a colleague and great friend, Sheree Adams, who is the producing artistic director of the LA Writer Center. Welcome, Sheree. Thank you, Sonia. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I've been wanting to get you since last season. And we're going to talk about the soul of writing. And you're going to explain to the audience what that is and how you help a writer get to the essence of the story or the soul of the story so that more people can enjoy it and understand it and it be more universal. Okay. Yeah, I think that, you know, dramaturgs are, have been around forever, but hardly anyone knows what they actually do. And so how I explain it to people is the easiest thing for me to say is I work with writers to develop their work. But I think that most people know film and TV more. And so they understand the word development, like, you know, something's in development, whether it's a a sitcom or a movie. So I'm the person that sort of guides the writer and helps them finish the piece. And I look at a lot of different factors in order to do that. Sometimes writers come to me and they have an idea and sometimes they have a rough draft. Everybody's so different and their needs are so different. But believe it or not, my process is the same whether somebody has an idea or a first draft. So what I usually like to do when I first meet with a writer, I ask them what would the inspiration for the project was. Because for me, the most important thing to get to the root of right away is why they're writing it, why they care so much about the subject matter, because that's what's going to drive them for the next X amount of years that it takes to write something and produce something or sell it or whatever they're doing, right? It depends on, on the piece. Mm-hmm. So I like to get to the, to the root of why they're writing it. And often... A lot of the pieces I work on, because I specialize in solo work, I have a lot of solo artists, so often they really want to tell a story to help other people, to educate other people or inspire them, and something they went through that uh, transformed their lives is something that they really want to talk about. That can be, you know, with, with solo artists, the work can go very, very deep because they've been through something that they've overcome. Often, sometimes you get a, you get one that's more like stand up, right? That's sort of jokes and fun. But even then I have to really go to the root of that because, you know, jokes aren't a story, right? So um, I've had comedians come to me and, you know, and their sort of next step of their career is a solo show, right? They've done stand up comedy, then they want to do sort of the solo show. And that was, that's sort of a model 
that was created by, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, John Leguizamo. There's sort of a list of people that were stand-ups that then had solo shows that then went on to have um, careers in television and film. So I think at the time, it was a, a clear path or people saw that it was a clear path, right? So they would come to me to write their solo shows. And often because they're comedians, it would be a lot of jokes that really didn't connect mm -hmm. or have a story or go very deep. So then I sort of explained to them, well, that's what we're, that's what we have to do because that's, that's what theater is. Theater has a theme and a purpose and a point of view. And a lot of that's the director's job to some degree, but it has to start with the writing. I'll give you an example. I had someone who will remain nameless, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I had a comedian come to class. I think his wife was pushing him to, to come to class. You know, really funny guy from, from New York, New Jersey, kind of a tough guy. And he brought in jokes, you know? Yeah. And so we kept trying to look for the heart of the story. And what I like to do is have writers do in class, do an exercise that they wouldn't normally do to push them. This is a guy who would never write poetry. I don't ever, like this isn't a poetry guy. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> and so I had him write poetry and he came in and he was really reluctant, but he came in and he brought a poem and he read the poem, which was not only amazing the way it was structured, but it was a story. And it was a story about something that happened to him that was extremely traumatic and life-changing. After he read the poem, and this is like our, you know, almost our last class, right? He's done nothing but bring jokes in for six classes or whatever. And then I said, well, there you go. That's your story. And I think that he needed the poetry to push him to open up his heart to open up his mind and and as long as he was being pushed anyway he was going to tell this story from there he wrote a beautiful solo show about the the trauma and what he went through and how it changed his life that's a big that was a big step for this person i think yes um, and i actually saw that solo show i know and we're not gonna uh, no we're names. not gonna name it but it was <laughs> oh my god it was so moving yeah, it, it was really yeah. beautiful when I saw it. I'm still working on mine. For people that don't know, I started a solo show like 20 years ago, it seems like. I never finished it. But Sheree is amazing. And I've attended her solo classes. And I plan on keeping up attending it because I want to do this show <laughs> once and for all. You will. Yes. So the structure, when you said you went to the soul of it. So let's say if someone does have a solo show, we'll stay on that theme. What do you think happens in there that doesn't show the soul, that doesn't go to the core? Because use poetry, and with poetry is really beautiful because with poetry, you have permission to be you. You go in sub knowing it's subjective. You're going to have people that love it or hate it. So it gives you the freedom to express yourself. Yeah. So do you normally tell someone that is not reaching that core, that soul of the piece to do poetry? Yeah, I do a lot. I can think of case after case, person after person who it really pulled them out of out of their sort of restrictions they were giving themselves on their writing. And I think that I think to some degree writers write about write because they because they want to find the truth or they're seeking the truth of whatever. It doesn't matter, an experience they went through or or their observations, right? And so 
when people get writer's block, I think what's happening is somewhere in the story, they're not telling the truth. It's hard to tell the truth. It's hard to tell the truth if it's about, especially if it's about you, not because we're purposely, we don't go into it and say we're going to lie, right? right? That's not what we do, but it's painful and we have to go to places that we don't want to go to, right? It's like therapy. Maybe. Yeah. That's poetry in a way sort of cuts straight to the, the heart and to the soul and it cuts, it's, it cuts through that. It's a fast track. It's a way to get somebody to open up and give them permission to share more honestly, I think. Because I've had write, writer's block, but most of my writer's block has been at the end. It's like I have the whole story and then I don't know how to end it because it almost ends where there is no ending. You know, like in my head, the story doesn't really have an ending. How do you get over something like that? Like if you had, because I know the audience or the reader wants an end and not yeah. a cliffhanger. I hate cliffhangers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like when you- Only pilots can have those. Yes. But I've seen them when a movie has a cliffhanger. Yeah. I go, really? You want me to yes, pay again do. to just get an ending? When that's happened to me and I see a film, I'm like, that's it. I'm not, I'm not, I, I gave up on the series now. You gave me a cliffhanger at the end of a movie. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the story is still not yeah. done. What do you do when you come across a writer that has a situation like yeah, that? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, I think the beginning and the end are the hardest always for everybody. That's very common. I think in solo work specifically, or let's just say memoir work, work that's about your life. It's hard to find an end because your life is still going. Everything that oh, you've done in telling this, you know, plus telling the story and all of your experiences, it still affects you. So there really isn't an end. One of the things that I tell people, and I think it's pretty effective for the most part is, and you've heard this a million times, not to sacrifice their story for the sake of the truth. If the truth is that there was no ending, we know that stories need them, right? They need beginning, middle, and end. You have to kind of sacrifice the truth and you need to give it an end. And it may not be what really happened, but I think the reason it's hard for people to end things that are about them is because they're still going. Subconsciously, that stuff affects us every day and we're still processing everything, right? Even if it was like a story from our childhood. I think that's what it is. Didn't know that, but it's true because our lives are still going. So it just got me in the heart where it's like, oh, I have to end my life here. So it was a really weird feeling. And I'm like, oh, okay, now, but now I understand because I'm really not ending my life. I'm ending a situation. I'm ending a story. I'm not ending who I am. I mean, for me, that's been extremely helpful. Just that yeah, one and there's comment. A, there's a couple other yeah. ways you can look at it. I, I've noticed that it really helps writers with autobiographical material. If we talk about the characters by the character's name, so, and it shouldn't be your name, right? So somebody else, you know, give the character a different mm -hmm. name. It's so much easier to say, for example, if I said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to make this up. Your solo show isn't about this at all. But if I said, okay, Sonia, Sonia, you know, goes to college and, you know, that's the end of the story, I would say, so we would, you would change the name of the character to Lisa. And I would say, okay, so Lisa goes, look at yourself as a character. Lisa goes to college 
is that the ending that you want your audience to walk away with? You have to really think of what you want the audience to take away. Yeah, so you have to learn how to objective persist. Yeah, in a way you distance yourself in the dramaturgical process. Not necessarily when you're writing because you write from the heart. Mm -hmm. When you're speaking to a dramaturg, a coach, it's so much easier to analyze your work if you if you put that distance especially in solo work it's really important so when i'm giving notes in a solo class i won't refer to i won't say the person's name i'll refer to the character um, and then what happens is the writer starts to see the character as a character and not themselves and they start to see that that they have to do things like beginning, middle and ends, right? Even though their life doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. go like that, right? That's our lives aren't really that clean. We don't have those clean, happy endings. No, <laughs> <laughs> no we don't. And there was a, a comment I once heard that a happy ending happens when you end it in a certain point mm -hmm. in the story. It's yeah. not life. Life has its ups and downs, its peaks and valleys. It just depends on where you yeah. end the story. That's a good I like that. Yeah. I forgot where I heard that, but yeah. it's very true. What else can you tell the audience what to look for when you're writing mostly autobiographical? Mm -hmm. Because that's where the soul comes from. Or like, for instance, I write a lot about dreams and what I see in meditation. So it's me, but it's very surreal. Yeah. How do you keep that where an audience can identify with the person, regardless if it's autobiographical or surreal or whatever? What is the core that you think an audience wants to hear or because I know you should write for yourself because who you are is unique. But at the same time, I find that people that write stories, they can go on and on and on and have like a 300 page book, but it's so not interesting. It might be well written, but there's something so empty about it. What causes some writing to be so soul empty? <laughs> Oh gosh, well, from the audience point of view, there's a couple of things. In, in solo work, and often in poetry, and sometimes in books, but definitely in solo work, performers speaking directly to the audience. And that forms mm -hmm. a bond with the audience that doesn't happen in a play where characters are speaking to each other. The minute uh -huh. the fourth wall is broken and the audience isn't, is addressed, there's a bond and we automatically like the person, you know, and there are some, there's a playwright named Neil LeBute who actually uses that tool against the audience because he has you, I forget the name of the play, but he has you, there's uh -huh. an audience, there's a, a character who speaks directly to the audience and you love him. And then at the end you find out he's the villain and you feel really betrayed. Uh, and that's, Ooh, I like that. That's really <laughs> smart. Um, of course, Shakespeare did that too. So it's not like he came mm -hmm. up with it on his own, but at the end of the day, there's a bond between the audience and a solo performer that doesn't exist in other work. I think because of that mm -hmm. also with books, you mentioned, you know, if it's written in first person, I become a lot more interested in the piece. If it's written in third person, I tend to drift. And it's because they're not speaking directly to me. That's a good idea. I tend to drift off and think of, you know, even if it's a good writer, and I just read a, a really, uh, again, they'll remain nameless, but I, I read a really good book, a, a really good writer, not a good book. And he's a very celebrated writer, especially right now. And he's had some things turned into TV series. But this book didn't grab me and it was, and I realized because I 
immediately picked up another one, it's because it's in third person and I felt very distant from the main character. That's one of the reasons. There's other reasons, but that's one of the No, reasons. I can understand the third person because you feel like you're being reported to versus being brought into the story. Confided. Yeah, confide. And the audience needs needs a way in. So if we shift into pilots or movies, if you're writing a, a piece, there needs to be, we call them the protagonist, mm -hmm. right? And the protagonist has to be a way for the audience to get into the story. Yes. And if there isn't a way into the story or anyone that they can relate to or identify with or what have you, it's going to be it's going to be harder on the audience to become invested, I think. Solo works easier because you speak directly to the audience and so it's instant bond. I like solo work. I think just a tool that really helps writers get to the soul, dig really deep. I think is the thing I call a concept sentence, which is, you know, we have all of our writers bring their concept sentence on the first day of the workshop so that everybody knows what their goal is. And um, it also keeps them super focused in the process. Mm -hmm. That's where I can tell. So if somebody brings in a concept sentence that doesn't seem to go deep enough or that sort of seems surface, that's my first indication. And so that's, I can start working with them on a stronger concept sentence and that makes the story stronger in the long run. Yes. Yeah. And those concept sentences are not easy to write. They have never <laughs> been easy for me to write. I mean, I know the whole story, but it's how to break it down. It took me a while to get my concept yeah. for the adventures. And it's really, you know, who's the story about? What do they want and why they want it? Which, you know, actors ask that all the time, mm -hmm. right? With your training. Actors have to ask that about their characters, but writers aren't necessarily thinking about that. And so this really forces them to and helps them go as deep as possible into that why. It's that why that's the most important because that's the part you really have to think about. Why does the character want this? It's sort of easier to say what they want, but why do they really want it? Yeah. Down deep, you know. I'll use myself as an example because it's easier. And mine is about losing weight and it's a comedy. But the why was all the, the misbeliefs I had throughout the time. And I just, it really was about acceptance and it was about self-acceptance. And that's a good example because you could, you could go into the process thinking you're writing a comedy, exactly what you said. I'm going, I'm going to write a comedy about weight loss. And then at the end of the day, it's really not about that at all. That is, that's a theme mm -hmm. or a backdrop. But yeah, the, the deeper thing is acceptance of self yeah. and belief systems. Belief systems are really important and they, and they affect us daily. And if we're not able to change our belief systems, then we get stuck, right? And so, so we all have to work on changing our belief systems from childhood. I yes, think. it is because much of it is cultural or yeah. it's a society. I, I know that I was influenced about weight. I mean, now I'm, I don't really have a weight problem, but because I know how to eat. My thing was, you know, I would look at all the models growing up. They were all so skinny and they were tall and I wanted to be skinny and tall. You can't do anything about height, but at least I could work on being smaller. But I'm not built that way. I'm not built lean and tall. I'm built muscular. So I was totally fighting who I was. And that affects your soul and how you perceive yourself. Going into the weight loss thing and making fun of it is a really great way to release all of those beliefs because you see how stupid they were. 
<laughs> yeah. And I think the perception of self is the key there because I have seen pictures of you and my perception of you was small, mm -hmm. lean, skinny, all those things, right? So perception of self is the most important part because everyone sees you differently, right? And you, But it's hard to exactly, shape. Exactly. And I'm so glad that there is no more body shaming, regardless if you're thin or overweight. It's more acceptable to have you know, mm. be who you are. That's, that's a huge movement. And I love it because it's acceptance. Yeah. Shrill is a, a show that, that really helps with that. And I, I know there's others, but that one really yeah. is, is. And uh, we need job. that. What would you yeah. tell a writer? I know that you have an advanced class and I know that you offer classes throughout, but what would you tell someone that just wants to start out? Well, I would say, definitely do it because it can be so scary mm -hmm. that it's put off for a long time. You know, I would say start, start with the beginning class. It can be any writing classes, UCLA extension. I have them. I'm not sure of the other programs, but, but just start in a beginning class and learn basics. There are mm -hmm. some basic things that kind of matter, right? Sort of, and just learn those and then just write, write whenever, write whenever you can, as often as you can. And, you know, I have writers that write, put it away in a drawer. And I have writers, I have very prolific writers who write a new thing every six weeks and put it in a drawer. And then I have, for example, I have a brand new writer who wrote one, basically one pilot and she's winning awards because she doesn't put it in a drawer. She sends it out. So I think that, you know, everybody writes for different reasons and some people write to get it off their chest and write for themselves and they and then they put it away yeah. and some people are like no i want to make money doing this and they are super proactive and send it out do what they need to do but i would just say just take the plunge and do it and and not be afraid of it and you know you want to be in a class that you're comfortable with and that you know feels like a safe place it's in a way and it's like an acting class in that way i like to provide a really safe environment for people so that they don't feel judged or uncomfortable in any way because everything you write, it's such a vulnerable thing to do. So there needs to be a safe place for, for the pages to be read and for the feedback to be given. And the way that feedback is given is very important too. And so we have rules about that in my class, again, to support the writer, to encourage the writer always. So I would just say, just go for it, do it, you know, whether you put it away or, or you send it out is up to you, but getting it, getting something on paper is so fulfilling in so many ways. Just start. Even if you don't do stream of consciousness, no editing, just write, write, write pages and pages, fill a notebook full of pages and don't edit it. I think that's a great idea because that that helps. Yeah. And especially if you're doing it longhand, it's so much easier. I do most of my, I keep a book by my bed, like a, a blank notebook, and I write whatever I see. And sometimes it's just a fragment of a sentence, but it's a sentence that I felt really propels me into doing something else. Yeah. And now what would you say? Because I know you work with advanced writers. As an advanced writer coming to you, what are normally things that an advanced writer has? Because everybody deals with helping the beginner, but I rarely see things that are for people that are already intermediate or advanced. What is the kind, what kind of work do you do with someone like that? If they come to you with a story, what do you look for? Well, you know, it's the, for me, it's the same work with beginning and advanced. 
because they, I feel like both of them need to go back to the basics of the concept sentence and the character work and all of the exercises that we have. I've had writers go straight to the advanced class because of their accomplishments or their resume or whatever. And what I found was they do get lost at some point or need guidance. And inevitably, I, they're going to have to go back to the beginning and start with what's it about? Who's it about? What do they want? And why do they want it? And then really breaking down the characters and answering hard questions. There's, there's some hard questions that you have to answer as a writer, I think. So all of those exercises that I teach people are for beginning and for advanced. And I think that often the advanced classes, they don't really do them anymore, right? So they do it in their head, but they don't necessarily sit down and write it out. But they, you know, they sort of think about it in their head. And inevitably, when an advanced writer is stuck, I'll say, what's your concept sentence? And they won't have one. And I go, there you go. There you go. You got to go back. Got to go. Yes, you do have to go back. Got to go back back. to the beginning when you're stuck. And the beginning is, what's the story about? What do they want? Why do they want it? And then all the questions, you know, why do you have to tell this story now? That's an important thing to ask yourself. Is it a socioeconomic situation in the world? Is it a political situation in the world? A lot of people are motivated by that right now. You know, asking really hard questions of yourself, and inevitably you're going to, you can actually use them when you pitch your piece. People don't realize that, but the questions that I ask writers, they're actually going to be asked in a pitch, um, or they're going to have to say in a pitch. So they're going to be asked, why should we buy this story now? Why is this story important now? And I'm asking that before they even write anything on the page. It all works together. It's all full circle, right? They're going to have to answer the questions eventually. So I guess that's my long way of saying beginning writers and advanced writers really have the same work to do at the end of that's the day. That's a really good point because I always thought there was a little bit of a difference, but I can see that because you're right. It is that concept sentence. And that I think is why yeah. it's so hard to come up with one. You know, you have to work and work and work at it, at least for me. I'm not going to speak for other writers, but that concept, I think now with me writing poetry for so long and allowing people to read it, because I was one of those that wrote poetry and stuck it in a drawer. It was my way of letting myself be me and letting out anxiety or whatever I was feeling. But now that I allow myself to let people see it and also this podcast, I'm like an open book, ask me a question and I'm there. It really has helped me and it's easier to come up with something like a concept sentence because you've already done so much self-work. You're not going to fight your core anymore. You're just going to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to have tools. You know, they're just tools. All of all of the things that I teach are tools. But at the end of the day, it's nice to have tools to help you out. Just sometimes need a little help seeing the forest for the trees and uh, it can be overwhelming to write something and to have a lot of people, a lot of my writers have deadlines and, you know, they need to get something done and it can be overwhelming. And so it's nice to have the tools to go back to over and over again, have, I've seen that they work, you know, so I always encourage them at the beginning of a class. And then I sort of check on people midway. Yes. Cause I, in my, in your classes, when you've given me notes, I'm like, Oh, what an aha moment. I'm like, of course, why didn't I, Think of that. That makes total sense. And it works so smoothly. But you need that objective viewpoint from someone like you who really knows story structure and all of that. I was so in awe by you telling me, oh, this, this and that. I'm like, "Uh, that's so simple. And I just it's to the (laughs) core. 
it, I was beating myself up by not getting it. And you just looked at it and do, you were able to zone into it and say, okay, this is it. Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> you know, I love having your notes because you are a great note. You give notes greatly and very diplomatically, which I like. So in closing, what would you like to say to the audience? Don't be afraid to write. It's an amazing way to express yourself. And don't be afraid to ask for help to write. Everybody needs help in some area. And if you need it, look for a class. If you don't need it, write on your own. Don't be afraid of it. It's, it, I think it feels overwhelming and scary, but once you do it, the rewards are far outweigh, yeah. far outweigh the Yeah. Cause fear. there's nothing like a pleasure of letting an audience see your work or read it. It is a thrill as a writer. It's like, wow, I did that. It's, it got good reviews and you're so excited about it. You get bad reviews too, but yeah. <laughs> but it's exciting because it's out there. Now, how can someone reach you? Uh, we have a website, lawriterscenter.org. You can contact me on there. And uh, there's also information about classes. And we also do script analysis if somebody wants coverage and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of information on there. Yeah, lawritercenter.org. Oh, I'm going to, since you said script analysis, I'm going to tell the, uh, the audience a story. I had a friend of mine that wrote a script. And for years and years, kept showing it to people. And one day I just told her, you got to let Sheree read your script. She'll give you notes and it'll be amazing. Now that script is winning awards. Yay. Yay. That's what we like. We like that. Sorry. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Love you. And you are a wonderful guest and you're a treasure for any writer. And I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates.